you ever lift your head up from your phone, look around, and think to yourself, my God, everything is weird. Well, we do a lot. This is the Observation Station, a unique, entertaining, and hilarious podcast. If we observe it, we talk about it. Anything and everything. Anything and everything. Let's get weird and let's have some fun. This is the Observation Station. And now your host, Tommy Heights. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Observation Station. I'm your host, Tommy Heights, bringing you another sparkling episode. Today we're diving into the glittering world of diamonds. But wait, these aren't just any diamonds. We're talking about the age-old debate of natural versus lab-grown diamonds. So let's shine a light on this gem of a topic and see what's really at the heart of these dazzling stones. So first up, natural diamonds, a miracle of nature. The beauties, uh, they're just more than just like a, a pretty gemstone. They're formed within the earth, deep, deep, deep inside uh, the earth for billions of years under extreme heat and pressure. It's like nature's very own high pressure cooking show, but way, way slower and more intense. That's how billions of years, you know, happens. <laughs> so what's fascinating is the journey these diamonds make from the depths of the earth to our jewelry. It involves volcanic eruptions, geographical shifts, and yes, a whole lot of waiting. But it the results, each diamond is unique. It's like a snowflake. There's never two that are created the same. With its own set of characteristics is what jewelers call the four C's, which is cut, color, clarity, and carrot. But here's where it gets intriguing. The process of mining these natural wonders is, well, uh, not without its challenges. So it's resource intensive and has raised environmental and ethical concerns over the years. You might have been seeing the movie Blood Diamond that had Leo DiCaprio on there in the early 2000s, which had made it where a lot of people said, oh, I don't want to be part of this industry, which is causing so much harm in Africa and, you know, having it where people are dying just to get this for my jewelry. I feel bad that I'm wearing this kind of ring that has the ethical implications uh, behind it. So you're fast forwarding into a new age of diamonds. Now, a lot of people in my age group, I'm going to be turning 30 here next month in February. The millennials are looking towards something that is green, ethical, sustainable. I mean, everything that you want to have that's a plus, which is the the opposite in, in the natural diamonds, which comes from lab grown. Now, lab grown, when we shift gears, science has given us a way to create these sparklers above the ground. The process replicates what happens beneath the Earth's surface, but it's done in a lab over a few weeks or months, not billions of years. There's two main methods, high pressure, high temperature, HPHT, and chemical vapor deposition, CVD. So both techniques mimic the natural conditions that form diamonds producing stones that are chemically and physically identical identical to natural diamonds. So even expert gemologists that need specialized equipment 
to say, oh, well, these are you know, lab-grown and these are natural, which is sometimes the, the issue. If you have a diamond tester, sometimes the cheap ones, you come up to it, have it where the diamonds get tested, they show up, bing, but it could be where it's a lab-grown stone, so you won't even know the difference, where it has to have a different piece of technology to show the difference between a natural and a lab-grown diamond. So the big selling point, lab-grown diamonds are often marketed as more sustainable and an ethical choice. They require less mining, which means reduced environmental footprint. Plus, they're generally more affordable than the natural counterparts by a long shot. So there's a lot of different things that people may may say why they want to buy one more than the other. The biggest thing for lab-grown is first off the price. Way, way, way less expensive. When you're in this industry like I am in in the uh, lab-grown diamond space, many people may want to have it to say a word like synthetics, which years before 2020 when the Federal Trade Commission had said, look, now we need to legitimize the lab-grown diamonds as real diamonds as long as they are clearly stated lab-grown or man-made to differentiate you don't want to have it where somebody, if they were dead set on saying, I only want the real earth thing because there's nothing like what earth creates to each their own. From there, it is uh, very simple to say, okay, well, this is what that person wants. Even if you show them the less expensive identical stone and it's not created by earth, some people just have that. It's not a problem. I mean, everyone wants their own product. But how, how do they stack up uh, against each other? In terms of like the sparkle and the appearance, they're virtually indistinguishable, and both can be cut and polished to high standards, ensuring that dazzling brilliance we all love. Price-wise, lab-grown diamonds typically cost less, but here's the catch. Natural diamonds often hold their value better over time. Now, that's the classic debate of rarity versus accessibility. Though lab diamonds, to be in the retail and consumer uh, kind of in the the forefront of it has only been since maybe like 2017 because lab diamonds have been around for a long time since around the 50s but they're used more for tools um, like drill bits and things of that nature so there's a perception some people cherish the natural diamond for its ancient geological story and others appreciate the innovation and ethical assurances of lab grown diamonds and it's a personal choice, really. So as an account executive in this space, I wanted just to have it where I could explain to you a couple of differences that uh, I've noticed when you come into a jewelry store, a lot of people that are getting engaged or buying a significant other a piece of jewelry have no idea what's going on. Some of the jewelers might want to hand them uh, the loop, L-O-U-P-E, which is a magnifying glass. So this is what you see a lot of people, you know, maybe in the movies or something when they hold that magnifying glass in front of their eye when they're inspecting a diamond. I was seeing Marcus Lamanis on Streets of Dreams. He was telling one of the jewelers on 47th Street in New York, uh, honestly, he's like, every time I see somebody uh, using that magnifying glass, I think they're full of shit. And the jeweler honestly uh, had told him, he goes, some people are. (laughs) Though it's the way that you understand the business as a whole. Just because something might say, hey, it's this color, we'll say maybe like a a brilliant round. Because rounds are are extremely common. Rounds are what most people would think of in diamond sense is a round diamond. 
and you say, okay, the diamond has this much carat weight, it's this color, and this clarity. Why is it more expensive over here than um, over in this retailer? That could be a sense of just markup. But if it's a person that holds pretty good prices in the diamond world, and they say, okay, well, why is this stone worth more? A lot of other factors are not put into place where the consumer just wants to see is a layman's terms version of what the salesperson is explaining. What color is it? What clarity? A lot of times the the people buying the rings, when I try to go a little bit too in-depth explaining it to people, some people just say, I don't really care about all that, to be honest. I just am looking at the price. That's respectable. When somebody is looking at just the price, they have a budget. Not everybody has a, a budget. When you're looking at engagement rings, a lot of times people can say, hey, three months of salary. Uh, some people say two months. It's whatever it is. Figuring what the diamond is meaning behind that as a story or a symbol of connection is a completely different thing. A lot of times when you explain to people you know, how diamonds cost this much and this much, they're like, oh, it doesn't even matter. Diamonds are worthless. Yeah, go into a jewelry store. Tell them, can you hand me... Uh, a bag full of diamonds, they're worthless anyways, and, and just just put my name on it. We'll see how that works. Everything in its own right is worth what people will pay for it. Now, the diamond prices have gone down drastically from a few years ago because the lab-grown diamond market has brought down the natural prices, which people that are in the natural space a lot of times are saying, oh my God, these lab diamonds, these synthetics... Which is really, uh, uh, synthetic when they throw it around now is more of a derogatory word as saying that you're kind of second rate, uh, farthest thing from the truth. So people like to say things that down other, other ways of creating the diamonds because they might have had a jewelry store that's five generations. They've been around since 1907 and have done natural diamonds since, you know, forever. So now they're seeing the new guy on the block that is less expensive and more affordable to a, a wider group of people, they're like, oh, well, this is just costume jewelry because they were trying to have it where back in the day it was the allure of the diamond that only the wealthiest can get to these beautiful gemstones. And now it's a more accessible uh, gemstone for the people that are saying, hey, look, I don't want to spend, you know, 29000 or 50000 Why not spend, you know, XYZ amount that is much, much, much less that, that is a, a choice that is personal. Again, it comes back to that because it might be where the, the person was set, I need to have a natural mind stone. However it is, no matter, even if you show that they can get a, a nicer cut, clarity, everything included in a lab-grown diamond, they still are set in their ways. There's no reason when someone has a perception, especially if you're in, in sales, to say, hey, look, just because you want this doesn't mean you're right when two or three times they've, they've explained that this is just something that they want to do in, in, in natural. Okay, fine. I mean, in the end, whether you lean towards the billion-year-old Marvel that's the natural or the modern lab-created wonder, it's clear. Both have their sparkle. It's about what the sparkle means to you as the individual. The story, the science... Uh, maybe a bit of both. <laughs> and hey, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll have diamonds that grows on Mars. But that's a story for another day. So next time on the Observation Station, we're going to explore something that's out of this world, literally. 
We'll be talking about the latest advancements in space tourism. So, you ever fancied a holiday among the stars? Well, grab your space suit and join me next week and find out how this sci-fi dream is becoming a reality. Till then, keep looking up and stay curious, everybody. Take it easy. You've been listening to the Observation Station. We find everyday life and everyday situations hilarious. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And be sure to tell a friend about the show. That would help too. See you next time on the Observation Station.